Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Happy Monday, one and all. Mark Aram and the Bananas at your beck and call for the next two hours. We can do one of those uh, split shows again today, 6 to 7, having some fun, 7 to 8 We'll flip the switch in the Cox Mini Group radio network and do an impeachment trial recap. And we'll be waiting to hear a press conference from the NTSB about the fatal helicopter crash that uh, took nine lives yesterday in California, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter. I I wanted to honor uh, Kobe Bryant uh, on the show today, but we have a short show. we got Millennial Match Game, so I didn't know how to do it. So uh, to honor the Black Mamba. As well, that was his nickname, Longoria. I don't know if you knew that. You're not a big NBA guy. I am, and I I'm did just know kidding. that. <laughs> um, we're going to do uh, a millennial match game, athlete nicknames. Wow, athlete cool. nicknames. Yeah, that's a hard one. Let's kick this thing off, buddy. Let's play millennial match game. Joining us in studio a second time millennial on millennial match game from the sales department. It's our buddy Ashley. How are you, Ash? I hate you so much. It's, it's going to be a tough one. I know nothing I, about But some sports. of these are very, very obvious. So I think, oh, yeah, I think, I mean, Deb, Deb gave you a couple softballs in there. That being said, uh, your second time on Millennial Match Game, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Ashley. I am 26 years old. I know nothing about sports except maybe <laughs> figure skating in the 90s. Oh, we should, right, try to come up with some figure skating. Should have started there. Uh, uh, I'm a millennial and I'm happy to be back. All right. We're, we're, we're happy you had a great first appearance. So <laughs> I expect great things from me. Let's meet our contestants on the phone. Steve's in Roswell. Steve, tell the folks a little bit about yourself buddy hey mark i'm 48 years old work for a general contractor here in atlanta and a superintendent for them superintendent for whom a general contractor here in atlanta oh excellent what's the worst job that a, a contractor gets like what do you not want to do the most in your job oh my lord there's so many things <laughs> everything you do where do you start yeah <laughs> But all right. Well, that's you'll think about it. Give me an answer later. Think about that for a while. Okay. You're going to be playing against Christopher. Christopher, welcome to the show. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, buddy. Hi, Mark. I'm a 47-year-old physician from Canton, Georgia. Oh, do you mind if I ask what kind of physician? Family family physician. Family physician. Family. So you can prescribe uh, low-T Chuck Cialis and that kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, I'm not yeah. asking you to do it. but Theoretic, if, Theoretically. theoretically. Yeah, okay, good. All right, uh, so here we go. Millennial Match Game, in case you don't know, it's brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Here's the deal, Millennial Match Game, guys. I'm going to give an athlete's nickname. You don't need to know what the athlete is. You just have to guess whether the millennial knows. In this case, Ashley's being very straightforward. She doesn't know <laughs> much about sports. For example, the black mom, of course, was Kobe Bryant. Would you have known that, Ashley? Uh, yes, yeah. as of... As of Lately. yesterday, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go, Steve. You're up first. The nickname is The Juice. 
The Juice. Will Millennial Ashley know what athlete had the nickname of The Juice? She should, but I'm not so sure she will. Yeah, it's a tough one. When in doubt, the Millennial doesn't know. Yeah, Millennial does not know. I'm going to say no. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this. (laughs) Ashley, who's The Juice? Okay, so this entire game is going to be comprised of people hating me because the first thing that comes to mind is Juice World, but he's a rapper. And I have no idea. So let's just say Juice World yeah, is your guess. That's what we'll Juice um... World. They turn on the juice. They turn on the juice. The juice is uh, OJ Simpson. You know, have you, have you ever heard of OJ Simpson, Ashley? Yeah, but for other reasons. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was his nickname. All right, very, very easy game, Steve. You get the point. Ashley is not going to know many of these, including this one, Christopher. Not too. I'm going to give you some hints. I'll give you okay. extra hints coming okay. up. Uh, the Yankee Clipper. The Yankee Clipper is the nickname. Will Ashley know what famous athlete had the nickname the Yankee Clipper? There is no way. No way. <laughs> I agree. I'll give you a hint. Baseball player. I know. New York Yankee. Oh. Italian last name. Oh. I mean, I just gave you three amazing clues right I there. I know one baseball player. Let's hear it. Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones, <laughs> the Yankee Clipper. He was known as Jolton Joe and the Yankee Clipper. Today, we're taking a look oh. at the life and career of Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. Have you heard of Joe DiMaggio? He's married to Marilyn Monroe. I thought he was a Sopranos character. That, that was close. Have you heard of Marilyn Monroe? Do you know who that is? Obviously. Okay, so he was once married to Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Yeah. Now, she's a famous athlete that I know. She's not an athlete. He's but. not looking at me like I'm doing no. well. All right, here we go. Steve, you're up. We're tied up 1-1. Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. This is one. You from Atlanta, Ashley? I am. Born All right. and raised. So this one you might get. Okay. Uh, Steve, the nickname is Prime Time. Prime Time. Well, Millennial Ashley, 26 years young, <clears throat> know what athlete had the nickname of Prime Time. That's why Chris Berman right there. Prime Time. I would say she's got a 30% chance of guessing, but I'm still going to go no. Yeah, you got to go no. You got to go no. Who is primetime, Ashley? Football player. Atlanta 30%. Falcons. 30%, such a high percentage. A you high have percent. way too much faith in me. Fo- All right, let's look at me. Focus. I'm looking. Football player. Football player. Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. Primetime. Primetime. <laughs> name, name a Falcons player. Any Falcons player will do. Do you know a Falcons player? Why did you guys pick me? Um, it's, it's just the luck of the draw, The buddy. luck of the draw was sports. I'm going to go with John Travolta. Dion Sanders. Dion Sanders, prime time. That's all right. You Have you heard of Dion Sanders? No. Really? Oh, my goodness. we got to educate the millennials in the sales department. All right, uh, end of round one of Millennial Match Game. What's the score, Dev Green? Steve, two, Christopher, one. Millennial Match Game continues. Round two brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Christopher's up. This is uh, athlete nicknames in honor of the Black Mamba who passed away, Kobe Bryant. Will Millennial Ashley know what famous athlete had the nickname Charlie Hustle? Charlie Hustle. What do you think, Christopher? Think so. No? I think she has no idea. Yeah, so you say no. Okay, good. Charlie Hustle, a couple of hints here. Um, Ashley, baseball player, had a bowl cut in the 70s, is banned from baseball currently. Charlie Hustle. Charlie I think Hustle. that our um, one contestant is starting to really catch my drift yeah. here. That I have no idea. No idea. I'll give you his, uh, his first name is Pete. I'll even give you that. Pete is his first name. A man named Pete yes. is my guess. His nickname is Charlie Hustle, but his first name is Pete. Pete Charlie Hustle. Yes, that is not correct. Pete Rose has 36. He's trying to tie it up. There it is. Peter Edward 
Rose, the all-time hit king, was banned from baseball for betting on games. There you go. Mm. I'm going to at least teach you a little something during Millennial Match Game. I think you will. I'm skipping number five, Deb Green. Uh, Number six. she might know that one. You think? Yeah. All right. Steve, here we go. Uh, The nickname is The Flying Tomato. The Flying Tomato. Will Millennial Ashley know who The Flying Tomato is? (laughs) I know. I know. I don't think so either. Flying Tomato. Winter Sports. Deb. Winter sports? Winter sports. Not an ice skater. What is it? Particularly figure skating. That is my lane. I don't think they would name a figure skater the flying tomato. I was wondering. That'd be a bad nickname for a figure skater. I mean, I'm just going to go with Sasha Baron Cohen because... That is close. (laughs) There it is. The flying tomato. Sean White's nickname. Sean White. The snowboarder. I even knew that one. Oh, All right, wow. I told you we should have skipped that one. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, that was Christopher? No, that was Steve. That was Christopher's Steve. up. Here we go. Back to baseball. Baseball. Hammer and Hank. Will she ah. know who Hammer and Hank is, Christopher? What do you think? Ooh, she is from Atlanta. She may know this one. Hammer and Hank. I, if she, I mean, if she doesn't know this one, we might just end the game right now, Shalongoria. I'm Let's down. Let's be optimistic. Let's say yes. You, you say know. yes. Hammer and Hank. Guys, it's Hank Aaron. Yes. Yes. Good job. Hammer and Hank. On 714. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 715. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. As heard live on WSB Radio way before you were born. I was one. You I was like eight months when you that You don't happened. know how old. Oh, I told you. Yeah. Millennial Match Game <laughs> continues. Uh, let's do, uh, all right, who's up? That is. It's uh, Steve's turn. Steve, you're up. Uh, the Stilt. <laughs> the Stilt. Will uh, Millennial Ashley know whose nickname was The Stilt? Uh, no, 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 no chance. And if she didn't I, know the last one, she should have to leave town. Yeah, that's, that's why we're going to end the show right there. We're going to go to traffic early. All right, The Stilt. <laughs> Here's some t- hints. He played basketball. Okay. He was very tall, and he claims to have slept with over 10,000 women. <laughs> I mean, I know a few men that have claimed to have slept yes. with 10,000 women, but the stilt. The stilt. I don't know. Michael Jordan. No, nah, that was a good guess, though. Okay. That's a basketball okay. player. Wilt the stilt stood seven foot one and was Wilt such a force on the court Wilt that the NBA okay. changed some of its rules. Did, did you ever verify that if, if Wilt Chamberlain uh, betted all those fans or not. I did not get to interview him before he died. All right. Christopher. He wrote a book, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote a book. Uh, oh, oh, someone dropped something. All right, who's up now, Deb Green? Keep it's me on focus. Christopher, here we go. This this one I don't know about. The nickname is Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Will Millennial Ashley, 26 year young, from Atlanta, yeah. know Matty Ice? I think I'm going to go yes again. I, I hope so. I'm fingers crossed. Matty Ice, Football player, Matty Ice. Deb, stop looking at me. Yeah, Deb, stop making... Matty Ice. Matty Ice. A football player. <laughs> football player. Matty. Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Matt. I really don't know. Give me a game, name, name of... Uh, name just, of football player? Yeah, just name a, a football player you I, know. I'm sweating. Name Matt. A football name player Matt, named Matt, yeah. Matt Grogan. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Grogan is not who it is. Matty Ice time. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, the quarterback of your line of Falcons. 
That's really nice. Wow. All right. No point there. <laughs> so Maddie nice. End of, I hope Matt's not listening. I'm <laughs> sorry, too. Matt. Sorry. End of round two of Millennial Match Game. What's the score, Deb Green? Steve four, Christopher three. Brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Back after this. Welcome back. Final segment of Millennial Match Game on the Mark Aram Show. Still to come on the program, uh, Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review. Deb Green, what's the score, my friend? All right, Steve has four. Christopher has three. It is Steve's turn. Steve, you're looking to pad your lead Millennial Match Game. It's athlete nicknames in honor of the passing of the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Millennial Ashley in studio, self-proclaimed, doesn't know anything about sports. <laughs> She's proven that. Did not know who Maddie Ice was. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Steve, will she know... Who Big Poppy was? What famous athlete had the nickname Big Poppy? What do you think, Steve? Just from uh, just from past, the, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, there's not, there's <laughs> not a chance in hell. Yeah, big Poppy, no. baseball player, Boston Red Sox was a big fella. Who is Big Poppy, Ashley? Wow, Steve, way to way to just get down on Sorry. me there. Yeah, listen, oh, he's playing the odds here. I know Ash. the odds are not good, and I'll have yeah. you know that my phone is flipped over, but my significant other has yeah. been texting me every answer. Yes, thank you for not cheating. By yeah, the way, yeah, he told me that I'm stupid, and he's not wrong. <laughs> Big Poppy, baseball player. No, what do you think? It's just not poppy. your category. Yeah, Poppy. Like a poppy seed bagel. He got shot in the back. He got shot in the <laughs> oh, back. <laughs> good job, yeah. Longoria. More hints there. <laughs> he's Dominican. Uh, Big Poppy. That's all right. You're not going to get this. This is uh, <laughs> David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Big Poppy. Yeah, no. Simply as yeah, future Steve, Hall of you're, you're right. betting some good odds Christopher, there. here we go. We're going to stay with baseball. Uh, the nickname was, there's no way she gets this, uh, the Georgia Peach. Will she know who is nicknamed the Georgia Peach? <laughs> no, she will not. Who is the Georgia Peach, Ashley? Hall so, of Fame baseball player from Georgia. Dead now. Long dead. It's not much. His, right. his first name was Ty. Ty? Yeah. Ty. Oh. Tyerson. Ty Tyerson. Oh, Ty Cobb, the Georgia Peach, stole 892 bases during the his 24 year career, yeah. primarily with the Detroit Tigers. He was an ornery son of a gun. That's okay, didn't <laughs> know. I knew you would get that one. <laughs> Steve's up again, right? Yeah. All right, Steve. Football nickname this time, Ashley. Okay. Sweetness. One of the greatest sports nicknames of all time. Sweetness. What do you think? Will Millennial Ashley know who Sweetness was? I would hope she would, but I'm not yeah, there's no, there's, on that one. There's no way. There's no way. Who is Sweetness? First name, Walter. <laughs> He's giving me the first <laughs> names now. Me. That's how sad Reeves. this is. Chicago Bears, Walter. Walter Reeves? <laughs> not Walter, Walter Reeves. <laughs> Walter Smith. Walter Smith is close. It is Walter Payton. Sweetness, the premier running back in the National Football League. Perhaps the greatest Hunter, running back Walter of all time. Of All right, real quick. Therapy. These don't count. I just wrote these down. Uh, just for me and you, Ashley. Okay. Smolty. Who is who's Smolty? Why are you doing this to I'm me? Just, I'm just curious. Oh, okay. Do you know who Smolty was? Um, if you don't know, it's fine. The look in my eyes says absolutely not. Can John Smoltz. John right. Smoltz. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Uh, Greg Maddox. Mad all right. Dog. Yep. Okay. The Mailman. The, my dad. Your dad was a male. <laughs> Carl Malone. All right. Uh, what's the final score there, Deb Green? All right. Uh, Steve got six. Christopher with four. All right. It was close, but uh, do we have prizes for both of them? We do. Oh, what did they win, Deb Green? Both of you are going to go check out Roger Waters of Pink Floyd in the round at State Farm Arena on oh, August 20th. Oh, wow. All right. Noted anti. Uh, no, I'm just, I uh, will stop saying what I was going to say right there. Roger Waters tickets. That's great. Ashley, uh, plug your social media, whatever you want to plug. Thanks for playing, buddy. Sure. Uh, follow me at. 
I didn't say it because I thought that was funny. Uh, Lapin, stu- L-A-P-I-N underscore studio. You can just look at my story yeah. on Instagram and, and check friends. it out. Great job, Ashley. Oh. Next time it'll be an easier topic for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> like figure skating. News, weather, traffic, and then Johnny Kilbasa next. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hi, this is Kevin Neal, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. And let me tell you something. Unless you're in Temple, it does not get any more Jewish than this. Welcome back to the show. 638, 22 in front of 7, 48 degrees on Peachtree Street. Yeah, four on the Mark Aram Show back sweat meter. Thanks to Ashley, the millennial. Uh, that was fun, but I can't believe she didn't get uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Matty Ice there, Longoria. Yeah, I think my daughter knows who that is. Yeah. Loti, how would you have done on that? Would you have gotten most of these? I think I would have done okay. Yeah. The Some only, of them I, I I knew, but they were like they're just the tip of my tongue. I would not have gotten the flying tomato. No, I, I put that on there because I her. knew she was a little bit yeah. younger. I'm like, oh, she'll get that one, right? Yeah. Apparently Those, not. Yeah, I did. There's one I did. Flojo. Who's Flojo Longoria? Uh, she's a runner. Yeah, Florence Griffith Jr. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't get her name, but, but I, yeah, I, I accidentally skipped that one. But uh, that was entertaining. She might have gotten Flojo. Was, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. She got one, right? Hank Aaron. Thank the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Hank yes. Thank the Lord. Uh, real quick, Johnny Kilbasa come up in the Fast Food Review. We mentioned Kobe uh, Bryant's passing. Uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, the NTSB is going to do a press conference. If, if it comes within 7 to 8, we'll broadcast it live here. A lot of questions need to be answered. Nine people perish in that. Just real quick, Chuck, where were you when you found out uh, about the, the, the death yesterday and, and how did uh, w- what happened? Jennifer and I were driving back, and we got within range of the station and turned it on, and I heard Jennifer Griffey's break in. And honestly, our my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. Like I, I, We were driving, and I, 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 I actually physically got sick to my stomach for a second. Like, I was—it was so out of the blue. Yeah. It's it just so weird. I, I don't know. I, 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 this is weird. I, I've had a weird reaction. Yeah, I, I didn't— so I was at a cooking class with Maya yesterday. It was fun, by the way. I got to cook uh, uh, Chinese food for the Chinese New Year. Nice. Which, by the way, one of those foods will be quizzing Alex Williams out in just a minute. Oh, great. Um, but um, I got a text from our bosses. And I, like, you're not supposed to, you can't, like, touch your phone during the cooking because your phones are dirty. Sure. So we had, like, a little break before. So I opened, I pulled my phone. I got all these text messages, including from our bosses. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I didn't even know what to do. So I was like... Because I thought I might have to come in, and I told Maya, and I didn't say anything to anything else, anyone in the class. But to me, I, I didn't know how to react because yeah. he was so vibrant, like yeah. just you know, just so full of life, and and had such a amazing what was setting up to be an amazing second half of his life. So oh, I was yeah. like you, I, I was just like I, was I stunned. Yeah, I didn't just even stunned. say anything. I was like, wow. Longoria, what about you? You're a big basketball guy. Yeah, I mean, I was. Uh, I'm with y'all. It was it, it, at first, you know, I, I got it. I was. Oh, this, t- this is funny. I was actually. telling Charlie early. I, I, I was got a text from my mom, <laughs> and my mom's the one that said that he had passed away in a helicopter accident. I'm, my mom is notoriously wrong oh, for yeah. people dying. I mean, people died five well, years that, ago, and she posted, or exactly. they just don't even. Like, and so I was Facebook. like, eh, I didn't really believe her at all. So I looked it up, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess she is right this yeah. time. Yeah, it it sucked. I mean, you just don't expect it. I mean, he's so young. You know, he's our age. I think I think it hits as harder when it's somebody like our sure, age, or sure, somebody is sure. in our, it, you 41. know, somebody that's eighty or ninety. or kind of yeah, like, of oh, course, well, you know, like kind of expect, you know. But yeah, it it, it 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 was a weird night. Like it was just weird. I was watching. The girls did not want to watch it. They wanted to watch cartoons. So they're like, "Can we stop watching? Thinking yeah. about Kobe Bryant." I'm like, "Well, I just want to watch this." A little it was. Bit. I mean, it's it's a generational hit yeah, for us. I think yeah, so. Because yeah, yeah. we we grew up 
you know, we're all the same age as him. And Watching we grew up, uh, you know, he, he went from high school to the NBA, like, and just had this amazing Hall of Fame career. And I, as a Knicks fan, never liked him because, oh, you know. Oh, I was a Celtics fan. I couldn't stand yeah, him. He exactly. daggered me more times. But you respected the crap out <laughs> oh, of him. Oh, so um, Deb, where, where did you find out? How did you find out? Well, I got out? the alert on my phone, and I was home uh, cooking. So I'm like, well, put the news on because, yeah. you know text alerts or whatever so we put on breaking news and they had the footage out in california i didn't uh yeah at first i was with you it's so funny you say that about moms because our moms that generation are the worst at spreading bad stuff on facebook (laughs) (laughs) talking about fake news or something yeah like like every year uh i forgot what it is it barry manilow every year it's like oh barry manilow died it's like "Ah, no he didn't die (laughs) let's uh before the fast food review let's bring johnny kielbasa in a big sports guy johnny where were you when you found that uh heard the news about kobe yesterday i'd rather not say where i was i was rather indisposed at the time but uh it's definitely american tragedy and uh the first three times i heard it from people i didn't believe it and then you know as i said it was from tmz i was like okay well maybe it was somebody else and i was like yeah it started sinking in and then it started coming in from every angle and then twitter just stopped being twitter and started being kobe yeah now i i did i I, there was i had doubt at first but then when it was confirmed i i literally didn't even say anything like i was in in a classroom with like 20 people and I just, I didn't even talk. I was like, just trying to digest it. And the fat, and how he died, the helicopter crash. Oh, my emer- immediate thought was smiling and 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 uh, and Doug. Doug, are you with us real quick before we go to traffic? Yes, sir. So uh, we're waiting to hear from the NTSB, but it sounds like this was a, a weather issue. The ceiling came in in Calabasas real quick. God bless you guys for going up in the chopper today after a story like that. What? Did, how did you find out? What was your first thought, real quick? I saw a push alert actually at the same time for both Channel 2 and WSB Radio, and immediately I said to my fiance Momo, we were just hanging out of the house cleaning up, and I said, she, I was like, Momo, have you ever heard of Kobe Bryant? She's German, and she had never heard of him because she's just not tuned into American sports. I was like, this guy's a legend, and he just died at age 41 in a, plane, in a helicopter crash. And so it, it definitely made me immediately think about it. Just Friday evening, and we had to land at a different place because fog came over to Cat Peachtree Airport, so that was already top of mind. And certainly, if it was a potential weather issue, that did him in, and we don't know that yet at all. But yeah. that, that certainly was top of mind to me. Yeah, real quick, Doug, we got 30 seconds here before you start talking again. Um, did you did you have a discussion with your pilot today at all? Did you did you guys bring it up, or is it like don't even mention it? Uh, we we only, not only did the, the pilot and I talk about it, but also Smiling and I dropped a, tra- a special traffic podcast today just to discuss both his dealings as a former sports anchor and then ours with helicopter safety. So you can find that on WSRadio.com. All right, yeah. I, as soon as I started processing it, my first thing was like, oh, Doug and Smiling got to get in a chopper tomorrow. That's that's crazy. Johnny, will you hang on uh, through the break and we'll do the fast food review? Oh, I think I've got time, Mark. All right. Johnny K, as always, uh, very malleable when it comes to scheduling here in the Mark Aram Show. We'll come back. Uh, two food segments. Fast food review. And does Alex Williams know this food? 404-872-0750 on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. Real quick, let's kick things off with a fast food review and Johnny Kilbasa. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, ooh, we don't want to know, Johnny Kielbasa in the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapping bacon. I'm here for the and I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please, whether it's before the commercials or after the commercials. <laughs> Thanks for coming on early, by the way. We're doing that impeachment trial recap at 7. Uh, real quick tonight, Johnny, what's on the menu, buddy? Mark, I don't know if I've discussed this before, but there's a thing out there called the pot 
pie paradox, Mark. All growing up, I think we all loved the pot pies, and moms loved the oh, pot yeah. pies, too, because they were cheap. They were hearty. But the problem was you come home from baseball practice or basketball practice or something like that, and you're hungry right now. Well, there's no way that you're going to go to the freezer and get a pot pie right now because you can't just microwave a pot pie. No, that's that's 50-plus minutes in the oven. you got to stick that pot pie in the oven. you got to wait and wait and wait. And then when it comes out, it's boiling about 500 (laughs) degrees. Exactly. Cool down, and then when you eat it, you burn your mouth. And by the time you actually get it cooled down, you get about three good bites, and then it's over yeah. with, and all you got left. That being said, I love them. I love them, though. We've broken the pot pie paradox, Mark. Church's chicken Ooh. now has hand-held chicken pot pies, Mark. You don't have to wait for the oven to warm up anymore. You can just go on down to Church's, two for three bucks. What? Yeah, two, two for three for, bucks. Dude. What? Alewine literally just drove off the road right now, <laughs> going to his, going to the church. Two for three dollar pot pies. Yes, indeed, and Gosh. they're hot and ready right now. That's and a, you can. Did you ever think you there would become a day when you could drive down I eighty five and you could eat pot pie while you were driving? I don't recommend it as a traffic guy that anyone eats a pot pie behind the wheel. Um, if you're in an Uber, oh, remind me tomorrow, Deb. I got an amazing Uber Eats story to tell tomorrow. We don't have time for it. I'm down. I'm glad to see churches to step it up because they kind of got lost in the whole chicken shuffle with Popeyes and Chick fil A. So churches finding a niche, and uh, I, I'm willing to get, listen, three bucks. You get two pot pies. I don't even care if they're not even good. That's that's a great deal for me. Uh, Johnny, we appreciate you as always. And. Hit the cholesterol is high, baby. So Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Johnny Kobasa Rocks, and listen to 31 podcasts in 31 days on the Salsa Jet Podcast on any pod app or johnnykielbasa.com. All things Kielbasa on johnnykielbasa.com. Appreciate you, brah. Anytime, bro. All right. From the fast food review to does Alex Williams know this food? 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 That boy don't know what that is. Alex Williams, valuable member of Triple Team Traffic, just does not know anything about food. Although we learned during the break, Deb Green, that his favorite meal is a <laughs> deli sub. Cold or hot. Cold or hot. Right. Publix, I would imagine, where shopping is a pleasure. That's good An stuff. Amazing stuff. All right. Tonight's food, little guy. Bok choy. Bok choy. B-O-K space C-H-O-Y. What is bok choy? I have absolutely no Take idea. Take a guess, little guy. Bok choy. Obviously, it's not Italian. <laughs> what would bok choy be? Uh, bok choy. A type of soup? It, well, it, you can find it in soup. I'll give you a look right there. That's a Chinese cabbage. It's okay. a little Chinese cabbage. They're delicious. Delicious. Bok choy. That boy does not know what that he is. He did not know what bok choy. You've had it in some of your Chinese food dishes, I'm I sure. I do love Chinese food. Yeah. It, it's If I show you a picture of it, you know what, what bok choy is. All right. All right. Swing Alex, and a miss. Alex Williams did not know what that food was. Thanks, as always, Alex. Uh, Ken is in Johns Creek. Ken, real quick, what do you have? Hey, you know, one of your trivia questions was about the Georgia peach. And I know 100 years ago in a baseball context, sure, Ty Cobb who you called cantankerous, I would say deeply racist. Yes. But for the last 70 years, for the last 70 years, the real Georgia Peach is a blue bop wop and boom little Richard. Oh, really? Was he also the Georgia Peach? I did not know that. But he's not an Absolutely. athlete. Yeah, but he's not an athlete. He's not an athlete. I'm an athlete. Former Division One athlete. Chuck, former Division One athlete. One? One or three? What? You were an athlete. That's Division One. All right, Division One yeah. athlete. Longorian, Deb Green. This yeah, not Division One athlete. No. Oh, no. Mac and Stone Mountain. Mac, real quick, what do you have, buddy? 
Yeah, out there in Kobe Bryant territory, all that, all the police helicopters were grounded that morning. Yeah, and some people said they haven't seen the the weather that nasty in over in their lifetime. I heard from a witness who saw it go down say that the the clouds were like a hundred feet above the ground, like really bad. We will hopefully hear from the uh, NTSB next hour during our special impeachment coverage. Real quick, I, I didn't even mention this back when I did the Hawks pregame and postgame show here on WSB. I got to sit courtside for a majority of his early career, and one game a year, the Lakers would come to Atlanta. At Phillips Arena, and it was always, always magical. I never interviewed him, never met him, but I got a front row seat about seven different times to see Kobe Bryant, uh, the Black Mamba. Rest in peace, and rest in peace to his daughter and the seven other victims of that helicopter crash. When we come back after news and traffic, the impeachment show. The counsel for the president have 24 hours to make the presentation of their case. The Senate will now hear you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. It is our position as president's counsel that the president was at all times acting under his constitutional authority, under his legal authority, in our national interest, and pursuant to his oath of office. Here's Mark Harum. Welcome to the show and a good Monday, everyone. Hope you had a great weekend. We're with you again for another impeachment trial recap here in the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Full disclosure... We're also following uh, the other big story that broke yesterday with the uh, the fatal helicopter crash that uh, claimed the life of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others. Uh, within this hour, we're scheduled to hear a press conference from the National Transportation Safety Board, the NTSB. And uh, if that breaks during this hour, we will step away and take that live for a little bit because I know a lot of folks want to know what exactly happened yesterday. Was it weather? Was it pilot? Uh, we all know it was tragic. So I uh, just want to give you a heads up. We are going to cover the impeachment trial today uh, as that continues, giving you a little recap because you probably weren't able to listen or watch to the trial today. So we'll get you caught up to date on that. But if uh, the NTSB does have that press conference, we will carry that live here as well. So what did you miss today? Let's find out. I'm Jimmy Dupree in Washington. I want to keep coming back to facts. After a two-hour start on Saturday, the president's legal team resumed its defense. We do not deal with speculation. His personal attorney, Jay Sekulow. Are we going to have every time there's a policy difference of significance? We're going to start an impeachment proceeding? Meanwhile, GOP senators are squabbling with each other over whether John Bolton should be called for testimony in this trial. Senator Mitt Romney. It's increasingly apparent that it would be important to hear from John Bolton. That drew a rebuke from new Senator Kelly Leffler of Georgia, who accused Romney of trying to appease Democratic critics of the president. Jamie Dupree in Washington. Let's go back to the nation's capital. Joining us once again on the impeachment trial recap, our correspondent in D.C., Blair Miller. Blair, thanks for coming on again, my friend. Mark, always good to join you. I hope you're doing well. Excellent. Uh, Let's start. Jamie mentioned it. uh, The big Bolton bomb that was dropped yesterday, the leaked manuscript, uh, was leaked out to, I believe, the Times or the Post. Um, He sent this manuscript to the White House to get cleared, and somehow it uh, escaped the White House and got leaked to journalists and basically laid out a quid pro quo that I would imagine was the big story this morning heading into the nation's capital. Exactly. It has been the big story um, this morning as senators were coming back in town and getting ready for their one o'clock opening arguments and getting back in there. Um, And what has happened since then, it continues to be the big story. But one thing we haven't heard is there hasn't been any discussion on the Senate floor about this at all from the president's legal team. So they have not brought it up today, but plenty of senators are talking about this. In fact, some Democratic senators were talking with me first thing this morning saying, you know, had you asked us the question on Saturday, do we think we'd get witnesses? They said, no, we thought that issue was dead. 
But now they say it's a whole different game, and it's quite likely they'll get witnesses. Senator Amy Klobuchar was saying we expect to have witness and uh, witnesses, and we don't think we'll have a problem with that at all now. Yeah, when we did the show on Friday, it was assumed, all right, there's not going to be any witnesses because uh, that's it's just not feasible. And then the Bolton bomb drops yesterday, and according to the timeline, uh, the White House received the manuscript on December 30th, so almost a full month the the Trump administration knows about this, uh, and and yet we still haven't seen any movement uh, on his defense on this. Maybe couching uh, their defense, knowing that the Bolton you know manuscript is out there. Well, even some Republicans were saying today they felt a little blindsided by this, wondering why the administration didn't say this was out there or that we should be preparing for this because. You know, here they are in this trial trying to lay this out and fight adamantly for no witnesses, specifically John Bolton. And then this comes out. Keep in mind, only a handful of people in the administration had access to these manuscripts. And so for it to get out and now be a central part of this trial and essentially could change what happens this week. Blair Miller joining us from Washington, D.C. Mark Aram here live in Atlanta on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Our impeachment trial recap. Uh, the dinner break just ended. They're back on the floor right now. What what was President Trump's reaction to the Bolton bomb? Here's a report from Sanger Magani. In an upcoming book, John Bolton says the president told him he wanted to keep military aid from Ukraine until it helped him investigate Joe Biden. The president and his legal team have denied that and today in the Oval Office. The president calling Bolton's allegation false, but Senate Democratic Chief Chuck Schumer says it's a stunning revelation, boosting calls for witness testimony at the trial. If there was ever even a shred of logic left to not hear witnesses and review the documents, Mr. Bolton's book just erased it. There is now much more pressure on GOP senators to summon Bolton, who has said he's willing to testify. I think it's uh, increasingly likely. Republican Mitt Romney says Bolton has relevant testimony. Three other Republicans would need to break ranks to force the issue. Sagar Magani, Washington. Have we heard, Blair, from those other three Republicans, uh, aside from Romney, that might break, break ranks and give the Democrats the votes they need to call witnesses? You know, that's what's interesting. You haven't heard a lot of chatter from Republicans today on this. Now, I'll be curious after tonight, you know, how are Republicans digesting this? But during the dinner break that they had, you know, through the Capitol halls, you know, Republicans not eager to talk about this issue. They have to get on the same page with figure out what they're going to do. And there's even some discussion behind the scenes of, okay, it's not a matter of now, are we have witnesses? It's a matter of if we're going to have John Bolton, what are we going to get out of this deal? And who are we going to hear from on the other side? Uh, if you have a question for Blair about today's proceedings and what might be coming forward, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-972-8255. Let's go live to the Senate floor. Robert Ray, uh, Trump impeachment attorney, now speaking to the Senate. Legitimate. It is also one that is historically consistent with Hamilton's views and Madison's, too, concerning the proper scope of impeachment as applied to a president. When I entered the scene and succeeded my colleague and co-counsel here, Judge Kenneth Starr, as independent counsel in October 1999, it was left for me to decide whether prosecution of President Clinton following impeachment nonetheless was warranted. That's Robert Ray, Trump impeachment attorney. We hit it just the right time because he brought up the name I wanted to bring up next, Blair. Ken Starr was on the floor today. Uh, I, I, I know what the reaction from the Democratic lawmakers was. They were very vocal about Ken Starr. How did he perform, and uh, what does the Trump team think about Ken Starr uh, out on the Senate floor today? Well, 
think the Republicans are quite proud of this. And, you know, yeah, you have a big eye roll from the other side, but Republicans um, touting Ken Starr and calling him very credible. And I think it's it, you have to put this all together and look at what the president's legal team is trying to lay out here and what they're really trying to dispute. And, you know, going back to when the president was involved with trying to figure out who was going to be on his legal team, he wanted there to be a reaction. He wanted people who are good on television. He wanted people who are notable for people who are digesting this at home. How have the uh, the Trump lawyers uh, done so far? You know, a lot of us haven't had a chance to listen or watch to the defense right now. And it started, uh, I guess, Saturday. Um, how how right. has the uh, attorney crew been doing for the president? I think they've been very thorough, and I think they're trying to lay out the case and trying to pick apart a lot of what the Democrats have been saying. And they have said all along, we don't think we're going to need three days for all this. We don't think we're going to need the entire 24 hours. They're going to go here probably for another hour, two hours here tonight, and it likely will pick up tomorrow. But they have said they don't think they'll need the entire time. And so it'll be interesting to see you know, what they do tomorrow and really how they handle this whole John Bolton situation. I think that's how they're going to be a judge. You know, everything they said on Saturday and really up to this point really doesn't mean much. I think they're going to have to get on and figure out how do they deal with this John Bolton situation. Yeah, before the Bolton news broke, we thought this thing would wrap up this week. It would be a right. quick thing. But now we're looking at possible votes, possible subpoenas. And, and I, I believe the chief justice can call witnesses. Am, am I correct in that, Blair? Yeah, and the chief justice technically could just say, okay, this person needs to testify. That's not likely to happen, though. There's, a, there's so much, so many stories behind the scenes that the chief justice really would have to weigh in all this. But you're right. They, they could have a vote on witnesses. We think as early as Thursday night, more likely to happen on Friday. But And if they decide not to do witnesses, then they could end the entire trial Friday or Saturday. Interesting. Blair Miller joining us from the nation's capital. Your questions for Blair, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Mark joins us on the program. Good evening, Mark. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. What's your question? America. Amen. The thing is, everybody's seen the video of Joe Biden where he's bragging about – committing extortion, holding a billion dollars until they fired the prosecutor that was investigating his son. And then One American News Network has reported that Hunter Biden received $156 million from the Ukrainian gas company. Why don't we have a special prosecutor looking into the Bidens, and that's just the tip of the iceberg? I, I think that's a question you'd have to ask uh, the Trump Justice Department, right, Blair? I mean, obviously they are they are very laser focused on the Bidens, but uh, really no bearing on this impeachment trial unless there are there are witnesses that are called, and maybe Hunter Biden is one of those witnesses that Republicans want to testify. Exactly. I, I was going to say the same thing. You know, after all this is said and done with the trial, sure, if a special prosecutor wants to look into that. That could happen. That, that's not off the table. You know, I think in the immediate future, the, the discussions we are hearing that, OK, if John Bolton's going, going to testify, then why not Hunter Biden on the other side? So that could still happen. And that could provide a lot of interesting information. I, I heard uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut earlier today was asked that question directly. Uh, if, if you get Bolton, would you be OK with the uh, Republicans calling uh, Hunter Biden? And he was adamant saying no, uh, that it would set mm-hmm. a, a bad precedent, et cetera, et cetera, that a president uh, in office could call 
his political rivals into this into the fray. So I don't know. I don't know if he speaks for all Democrats or not, but he didn't seem like he was too willing to have uh, Hunter Biden testify on the Senate floor. Well, the other fly in the ointment of all this is executive privilege. You know, the president could invoke an executive privilege related to John Bolton, and that sets up a whole nother um, storyline here. And what happens with that manuscript? What happens with things being released? Um, if that information truly wants to get out, it can get out. But um, what does it play the role? What plays here in this trial? Uh, there are a lot of questions with how this could be handled here in the next coming days. But I really think this week is certainly going to be key, not necessarily tomorrow, but really the debate that's going to happen uh, Wednesday into Thursday uh, with the questions that senators can have for the other sides. Uh, real quick, Billy's on the Mark Aram show. Billy, what's your question for Blair Miller? Hey, Blair, how's it going? So Good, how are you? Good, good. I'm, I'm curious, what, what makes you think this is any different than what we've heard in the last three years of uh, how Nancy herself described it as, I believe the term she used, circular reporting? to where somebody would leak something to the media, and then Congress would then use that story as proof to take action that's in their favor. Billy, are, are you, Billy real quick, are you talking about the uh, the Bolton manuscript? Yeah, okay. the Bolton bomb. Yeah, the Bolton bomb. Awesome, by the way. Okay, th um, hang on, Billy, because we got to take a break, but uh, Blair's going to chew on that. Why is this different than some of the other things we saw? I think he was alluding to uh, the build-up sure. to the Mueller report. Uh, Blair in uh, Washington. Blair Miller is going to have that answer for you when we come back, Billy. More of your questions as well. 404-872-0750. 1-800-972-8255. You can hook me up on Twitter at Mark Arum. M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Back after this on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Mark Arum on 95.5 WSB Atlantis News and Talk. We're living in what I think can aptly be described as the age of impeachment. President Trump's impeachment lawyer, Kenneth Starr, earlier today on the Senate floor. Welcome back to the Mark Aram Show. Our impeachment coverage continues on the Cox Media Group radio network. Before Blair breaks and gets back into uh, his reporting mode, uh, answer uh, that earlier question, if you could, Blair. Why is this Bolton thing different than what we saw in the lead up to the uh, Mueller report? Well, I think it's different for two reasons. One, this is coming from a White House source that released this, and it was a handful of people who had the information on this manuscript. Maybe 20 or so is what we're hearing. And the other part of this is that it's John Bolton, and this is someone who is very close to the president. And, and those who follow this closely know that John Bolton is very buttoned up and knows exactly what he's doing. So when there's likely accusations of conversations, there's probably ammunition behind that to back that up. Will we see that? Will we hear from him? Who knows? And so it may not become evidence. It may not become testimony in all this, but it certainly will be interesting to watch. Blair Miller TV on Twitter. Blair, appreciate your uh, amazing reporting and insight you, on the impeachment. And uh, you know we're going to be tapping you again uh, coming up in the next couple of days. So stay nimble, my friend. Certainly look forward to it. Thank right, you, Mark. Thank you there. Blair Miller up in uh, the nation's capital. Uh, so, uh, again, Chuck, uh, Charles Thomas, excuse me, from the the uh, resurgent joins us here. Uh, that A lot of questions about the Biden thing. Uh, here's what Michael Schmidt uh, from The New York Times had to say about that story yesterday that dropped about uh, Mr. Bolton, Ambassador Bolton's manuscript. The 
tie between the aid and the investigations is the central question of, of impeachment. Should the president be removed for those conversations and those efforts? All right. So we've heard from the reporter. Next half hour, we're going to come back and Eric Erickson your boss mm-hmm. from the resurgent, the guy who last time was on the show was getting text messages from senators. That's how well connected he is. We'll get his take on what happened with uh, with the Bolton bomb and the proceedings today on the floor, because I know uh, I know everyone wants to ask about that. So you can call now if you have questions for Eric. 404-872-0750-1-800-972-8255. Uh, Joe joins us in Atlanta. Joe, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you, sir? Oh, fine. Can you hear me okay? Excellent. What's up? I want to know um, why the president's impeachment managers are saying that there is no quid pro quo and why that's a big defense. Because if President Trump wanted to ensure that there was no corruption, he should, I mean, he should ask for a quid pro quo. He shouldn't give taxpayer money if Hunter Biden is, you know, involved in some corruption. So why I, don't I they think, say, well, of course here's, here's where the rub comes in, Joe, uh, because... If, if it's appropriated by Congress, the president, I believe, doesn't have the power to hold that back. I mean, this was congressionally approved funds. Eric Erickson will be able to clarify. But that's the way I read the story. This money was already approved by Congress, and I don't think the power of that uh, money being withheld is in the Oval Office. Eric Erickson will confirm or deny my uh, my account. I always need a confirmation or denial from someone that actually knows. And Eric's actually a lawyer, so he will know. When we come back after the news, uh, might also dip into the NTSB press conference on the uh, Kobe Bryant helicopter crash on Twitter at Mark Aram, 404-872-0750, The counsel for the president have 24 hours to make the presentation of their case. The Senate will now hear you. This is continuing coverage of the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. It is our position as president's counsel that the president was at all times acting under his constitutional authority, under his legal authority, international interest, and pursuant to his oath of office. Here's Mark Harum. Welcome back to our nightly impeachment trial recap here on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. I'm Mark Aram, live in Atlanta, Georgia. The NTSB just wrapped up their press conference Uh, Talking about the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash in which nine people lost their souls. We're working to get some audio cuts for you to play this half hour uh, because that is obviously another big story. Uh, The story we're covering right now, though, the Trump team on the Senate floor again, live defending the president amid Bolton accusations. In case you missed the impeachment hearings today, you were working, you couldn't watch them, couldn't listen well, that's why we're here every night from uh, at this time to give you an impeachment update. Jay Sekulow, Longoria, I'm going to play some audio here. Jay Sekulow, President Trump's lawyer, tells the Senate that there's no evidence that ties President Trump to withholding aid from Ukraine in exchange for investigations. Not a single witness testified that the president himself said that there was any connection between any investigation and security assistance, a presidential meeting, or anything else. No mention there of Ambassador Bolton joining us on the show from the resurgent.com. Noted columnist, radio host, and a hell of a baker, our buddy Eric Erickson. How you doing, Eric? I'm great. How are you? Uh, excellent. So uh, right before the news break, we had a question um, about the the aid being withheld from the Ukraine. And the caller uh, made the, uh, the statement that the president is well within his right to do so. Is that the case? If it was approved by Congress, is it legal for the president to withhold that aid? Sometimes. Uh, in this case, it doesn't appear to be. Uh, when Congress appropriates, there's well-settled constitutional law from the Supreme Court 
that the president can't stop at a lawful appropriation made by Congress unless Congress gives conditions for stopping. And typically, Congress adds writers for stuff like this. You can pause it to inspect for uh, corruption and things like that. But there was no writer on the legislation this time, so the president actually had to go on and spend the money. Now, the White House argues that they, they have a blanket right to slow down releasing money for concerns. They want to make sure that they're being good stewards of the money, but the Supreme Court has long disagreed with that interpretation. The mustache, the big mustache in the room today on the Senate floor was, of course, Ambassador Bolton's manuscript that was leaked from the White House to the New York Times. Uh, the Trump attorneys have yet to uh, mention uh, Ambassador Bolton on the floor. How big a deal is this a big deal, Eric, for these impeachment trials? Yeah, considering the pushback from the White House today, it actually is a very big deal. Uh, they don't want Bolton to testify. The Democrats say they do. I actually think the Democrats don't really want him to testify either. They, they like the pressure on the Republicans, but nobody knows what he's going to say. We have leaks from his book, but we don't actually have the transcripts, which, by the way, it kind of highlights the fact this probably didn't come from Bolton's team because we don't have the exact quotes, which we would probably get from his team. Uh, someone from in the national security apparatus probably leaked the summary of it to the New York Times. We don't know if it's accurate, but it is certainly shaking things up behind the scenes, behind closed doors in the Senate now. Uh, they only need four votes, and they may now have them. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Cory Gardner, and Mitt Romney, possibly Pat Toomey as well, the senator from Pennsylvania, who appears to be trying to structure a deal behind the scenes uh, that essentially the Republicans get to call Hunter Biden, the Democrats get to call Joe Biden. Uh, you mentioned the Republican senators. This is uh, Wyoming Senator John Barrasso telling reporters today uh, outside the Senate floor that the allegation is no bombshell in John Bolton's book. There is no new information, in my opinion, based on what John Bolton has known. But today, in an effort to generate interest in a book, they have selectively released information that to me doesn't go beyond what we have seen in the 17 witnesses who've already testified. Mitt Romney uh, seemed to be on the fence and, and maybe leaning toward calling for witnesses. Any other Republican uh, senators do you think might might join him in that call? Yeah, Murkowski and Collins and uh, Cory Gardner and Pat Toomey. And I said the Democrats would get called uh, Joe Biden. I meant John Bolton. Now, he, he, you know, Barrasso, though, actually does make a good point. Uh, what we know about John Bolton thus far is, is already in the public record, that he thought it was a drug deal uh, gone, that it was like a drug deal. It was bad. It shouldn't have been happening. And now he's apparently written about this in his book. Again, though, we don't know the exact words of what he said. I'm told behind the scenes that Pat Toomey is working on a trade with the Democrats and that Mitt Romney, of course, is uh, now saying he would like to hear from John Bolton. Georgia's newest Senator Kelly Loeffler had gone out of her way to blow up Mitt Romney on social media today, uh, saying this was a bad idea and Romney needs to essentially mind his manners and know his place. Eric Erickson and Mark Aram joining you with the impeachment trial recap. Your questions for Eric at 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. Jerry joins us now. Ferretta wants to know, Jerry, why anyone's listening to Bolton? That's your question, right? Yes, sir. Eric, why? Hello, gentlemen. Hey, buddy. So here's my question. <laughs> yes. Bolton, Bolton, literally from day one, has been an adversary of the president. He didn't agree with his policies in Iran, Iraq. Afghanistan, now apparently Croatia, and, and I mean, you name it, he's been an adversary. He has openly said that be, the president has done nothing about Russia because to do something 
would infer that Russia somehow interfered in our election. What credibility does this man have? There you go, Eric. Is, is there yeah, any so, hey, Jerry, I'm, I'm not sure who you're talking about because Bolton has actually come out and he supported the Soleimani killing. It was his idea. He supported the president in Iraq. The only difference he's had with the president was on how to withdraw from Syria. He's actually come out and defended the president several times, has taken a harder position on Russia than Barack Obama took, uh, and in fact uh, applauded the president after the killing of Soleimani, saying it was job well done. He also supported the president's move of the embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and with the withdrawal from the Paris Accord and the withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal. He's actually, he and the president are fairly well aligned and many of Bolton's top staffers continue to work for the president in the White House. The, I guess the only thing, uh, the headline was if they had the biggest uh, headbutt would be the, uh, the the lack of backing of the Kurdish troops, right? Yes, in Syria. Syria yeah, that, that was the one issue on which they vehemently disagreed. Well, you know what we talked, thanks for the call, Jerry. Um, we talked about this last week, Eric, Eric, when we talked about the possibility of Bolton uh, being called as witness, and it was slim to none last week, and that obviously has changed since the, the Bolton bomb and the manuscript. But I, I warned Democrats last week that I'm not 100% sure you want Bolton on that Senate floor. Maybe you'll get the firsthand account that you seem to be lacking tying the president to with, withholding of the uh, Ukrainian aid. But, I mean, yeah, this was a hand-picked, appointed person by the president and ambassador, and certainly he's not, uh, you know— best friends with Chuck Schumer. If you put Ambassador Bolton on right. the floor, this could uh, blow up in the Democrats' face. See, I still think it very much is an Admiral Ackbar moment. I mean, this this is a trap for the Democrats. Bolton and the president largely see eye to eye. He advised the president on many of his major foreign policy initiatives, including killing Soleimani, which Bolton wanted done six months ago. Uh, and he is, is very much of the right. He is no fan of the left. And I, I really, and I could be wrong, I'll have to eat crow, but I really do think this is very much a John Bolton setting himself up to be the foil to the Democrats. They bring him in thinking he's going to provide them with a silver bullet and he's going to turn the gun on the Democrats. I asked Blair Miller from D.C. in our last half hour uh, the, the possibility of the chief justice calling witnesses or asking for documents. Is that is that a possible uh, thing? Could, could Chief Justice Roberts call for additional info? No, only if there's a vote of the Senate. Uh, th there's a lot of speculation out there that the chief justice has all sorts of powers, but he really doesn't. Uh, that position is is roughly a figurehead position, and the Senate majority actually has all the power. All right, 404-872-0750, 1-800-972-8255. David joins us in Tucker on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. What's going on, David? Uh, yes, gentlemen. Uh, doing that a little bit of a retrospective, I was wondering why the Republicans did not back a censure vote in the House as a way of possibly heading off the whole impeachment process with that's the impression I got was Republicans actually were opposing that, so the Democrats just rolled along and uh, went for the impeachment. You're right. Uh, the Republicans didn't want to go along with the censure because the president was maintaining he did nothing wrong. So Republicans did not want to get on the wrong side of the president by suggesting he might have done something wrong. Also, though, the Republicans have viewed impeachment as actually a good tool for the president's reelection, that uh, they know he's not going to be found guilty by the Senate and he can fundraise off of it. And also, you've got some of the major Democratic candidates now stuck in the Senate, unable to go on the campaign trail. When we started this whole impeachment trial, Eric, we talked about this on and off the air zero percent of conviction with with the possibility of the Bolton testimony no you know who knows what's gonna what's gonna be said if he is called 
Are we still at a 0% conviction possibility here? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the only question is whether or not the Democrats get over 50%. Uh, and I still don't think they get to 50%. Interesting. Uh, Jim is up next on the program. Jim, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Oh, very fine. Thanks for taking my call here. What's your question? Well, my question is, okay, so this is the second time one of the Venman twins there, or who, uh, whoever it was the first time, leaked stuff out to the to the press there. Uh, are they not uh, uh, venues in certain ways that they're supposed to re- – I mean, he's up here supposed to be reviewing John Bolton's book, but uh, is, is, is that not unlawful? Well, like- we actually – we don't know who the leaker is. There's a lot of speculation today that it probably is um, – it probably is Alexander Vindman. Uh, this, but it's only speculation. No one knows who leaked. Uh, I can but tell you – just full disclosure, my uh, agent and John – John Bolton and I share the same literary agent, Keith Urban uh, and Javelin. And I, I know Keith, and uh, Keith is adamant that it was not them who leaked. It had to come out of someone from within the White House and the national security apparatus. Who would have seen that? Who would have seen that manuscript, Erica? It says it went to the White House, but who would right. have seen so that? So it would have gone to people within the national security and intelligence apparatus. So possibly the whistleblower himself could have seen it or Vindman could have seen it and others. There has long been speculation. In fact, John Bolton, even departing the White House, warned that there were still uh, careerists inside the national security apparatus trying to undermine this president and his presidency. And uh, this is further proof of that, it appears. Full disclosure, I share a literary agent with Charles Thomas, who is screening the calls right now. So I just wanted to get that out there that we have the same literary agent. Before we get back to more impeachment talk, Eric, I got to get a cut for the morning news. Greg Bluestein from the AJC announcing that uh, Representative Doug Collins is expected to run for the U.S. Senate seat in Georgia, the Leffler seat. Uh, your immediate reaction to that? I don't know that this is something Doug Collins needs to do. She's got $20 million on hand, and it presumes that the Speaker of the House and Democrats will create a primary for him. The governor said he would veto any legislation that put Leffler into a primary. Uh, that means that the advantage is still for Leffler on an election in November. Doug Collins, of course, a uh, a very fan favorite of the president, especially after Collins' performance on the House side of the impeachment inquiry. So just a, I just thought it was very interesting. Right. And, and Leffler has now surrounded herself with uh, part of the uh, part of the, the vice president's old campaign team, Billy Kirkland, who also ran David Perdue's campaign here in Georgia. So she's got a lot of the president's allies with her. She has uh, got the mechanisms in, in uh, Georgia here, certainly for that Senate run and... She's been very vocal on Twitter today uh, with her old pal Mitt Romney. We'll discuss that when we come back. Eric Erickson from TheResurgent.com, uh, an amazing talk show host. You can hear him uh, through the TheResurgent.com, uh, a great speaker, author. And he was just on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, by the way. That was, that was pretty cool. We'll come back. We'll finish up with your calls. The impeachment trial recap continues. Mark Aram and Eric Erickson on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Let's go straight live to the Senate floor. Alan Dershowitz now on stage. Before the impeachment, unless a crime is specifically named in the Constitution, treason and bribery, impeachments like indictments can only be instituted for crimes committed against the statutory law of the United States. As as Judge Starr said earlier today, he described that as the weight of authority That's Alan Dershowitz, the highest of the high-profile attorneys on the Trump impeachment team. Eric Erickson from The Resurgent joining us again for the final segment of the show. Uh, Real quick, couple more questions. Jeff, welcome to the program. What's your question about the impeachment trial, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, My question is, has anybody uh, validated the authenticity of this claim 
This isn't the first. Uh, which which claim, Jeff? Quote. Which claim? Uh, the, the claims relative to uh, Bolton's. Oh, statement. the Bolton manuscript. All right, so the Times yeah, published that, this story, Eric. Uh, do we have any questions about the validity of this story? You, we Well, yes. Uh, the Times has done these in the past and walked them back. The Bolton team is not actually denying the quotes, but then they haven't seen the quotes. None of us have actually seen direct quotes from the book. Uh, it was an unusual statement from Bolton's lawyer this morning that the New York Times had attained leaks uh, probably from somewhere in the national security apparatus. I uh, forget the exact quote, but they didn't deny that the quote was legit or that the, the sourcing was, was accurate. But again, uh, we haven't seen an actual quote. And the Bolton team actually is pointing out this evening that uh, what the New York Times has is not a direct quote from the book. Interesting. Rhonda's up next in the show. Rhonda, what's your question? Hi, I'm an African-American independent voter. And I think that the senators not calling witnesses will have them voted out in, um, at the next election. Any repercussions on the uh, Republican side if they do not call for witnesses at the next election, Eric? You know, maybe for Susan Collins, maybe for Cory Gardner, uh, but by and large, no. The, the senators who are up for re-election are up in decidedly Republican states, and they won't be punished for it by Republican voters in those states. I mean, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are not going to lose Georgia because they decided not to go with witnesses. And, and you know, honestly, I, I'm still of the opinion that in three weeks we're going to forget impeachment ever happen. We'll be on to the next crisis. It's the resurgent.com on social media. E.W. Erickson, my pal, the conservative Viking. By the way, uh, Low T opened up that uh, box you got from the uh, rib company, by the way. Hey, if you want anything <laughs> in it, you can take it. <laughs> Will do. Thanks a lot, Eric. As always, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Uh, real quick, some audio from the NTSB uh, press conference. There is a impact area on one of the hills, and the a piece of the tail is down the hill on the left side of the hill. That's them talking about the debris field. Should the pilot have been flying in the fog, was asked. Uh, should the pilot have been flying in that in the fog uh, at that time? I mean, that's part of our investigation. We look at weather, and we'll have to determine that at some point. Full update on that breaking development tomorrow morning during the morning news, and of course, complete coverage of the impeachment trial that continues now live on the Senate floor. We could discuss offline, online, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Facebook, Mark Arum, WSB. Same time tomorrow, folks. We'll be continuing our impeachment trial recap here on the Cox Media Group Radio Network. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.